0: This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen. Well, I want to say good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. It is just an amazing opportunity to be able to gather to worship our God the Father in spirit and in truth. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest. And you've probably heard that about five or six times. But here's the seventh time. You are our honored guest, and we're so excited that you're here with us this morning. In the back of your pew, you'll find a visitor's card. We're going to ask you to do us a very special favor. Take that card out fill it out, and then you can take that card and place it in a box in the foyer. There's a card uh, box out there that says visitors on there. Place that card in there. or You can pass that card to me or to one of our six shepherds. We'd love to have a record of your attendance so that we can invite you back out to this church because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. Now I'm going to embarrass somebody this morning, okay, and I'm going to embarrass my friend Charlene who came to visit us Uh, This morning, uh, Charlene is an outstanding woman of God that we met at our recording studio up in Anaheim, and we invited her out to church, and she said, I'll be here. So I'm so excited that she's here with us this morning. She's also been helping us with some songs for Vacation Bible School. So today, uh, after the service, go up and shake Charlene's hand and say welcome and hi to her Uh, and to all the visitors that we have here with us this morning, many of you whom I don't know. Uh, So speaking of Vacation Bible School, you saw the announcement sheet. There is so, so much to do and so very little time to do it. Amen. So if you haven't done so yet, you know those TP rolls that you throw away? Sounds weird, but we need those, okay? So bring them, and we've got some buckets in the back. You're going to fill those things up and bring some old T-shirts. And what we're doing is we're making some cuffs for the kids and some capes for the kids. And you talk about being resourceful. Amen. That's how we do it uh, here. So make sure you bring those items in. And there's plenty of areas for you to get involved with and volunteer for. Even if you can't be here during the week, that is no excuse. There is still some way that you can help out and be a part of that. So got to say that before we begin. Uh, This morning is exciting because we are starting a new uh, sermon series entitled Walking in Faith. Walking in in faith. And as I was working on my sermon material for this month, uh, sometimes, believe it or not, preachers get stumped. Can you believe that? I know, right? So I'm sitting in my office working on the material. I have all the sermons done, and I couldn't think of a title, a clever title. So what I did is I sent a text message to Mike and to Alicia, and Alicia said something that was so profound. I'm picking on her this morning. So profound. Alicia looked at the lessons, and she said something uh, like this. She said, I think the Lord wants us to understand how walking in faith can change our lives and change the lives of other people. She didn't say it exactly that way, right? May have been in a text message, but I felt that anyway, Alicia. And I thought that was just really profound and important, how that walking in faith can change our lives and change the lives of other people. And i believe that we're in a season here at this church where god is urging us to walk in faith to fulfill his purposes in the world i think that's what he's calling us to do here at this church so today we're going to spend our time talking about the difference between being a fan of jesus and a follower of jesus now that's not a trick question okay or a trick statement We're going to talk about being a fan of Jesus or a follower of Jesus and what all that means uh, this morning. So I've got a couple of passages of Scripture that we're going to review and look at, and then the message will be yours. But let's examine the life of Jesus for a moment, and we're going to look at John chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and that's where we're going to start this morning. But before we do that, I want to set the context and kind of give you a definition of what a fan is. But first of all, by show of hands... How many Oakland Raiders fans do we have in the house this morning? Amen. Special gift for you after the service this morning. (laughs) What about Los Angeles Lakers fans? Raise your hands. Special gift for you. What about Clippers fans? Boo. No, just kidding. (laughs) We've got San Diego Chargers fans. Dodgers fans at all? Oh, all right. What about Angels fans? Okay. Now, let me say this. Any Seahawks fans? Football. Oh, boy, we're going to pray for you after the service today, too. (laughs) I just say all that because all of us are fans, and when we think about fans, we usually think about sports teams, so forth and so on. But let me give you the definition of a fan. A fan is an enthusiastic admirer of someone or something. An enthusiastic admirer of someone or something. So if you look up the definition of Oakland Raiders in a dictionary, you'll see Mike Capusta's face right next to that definition, right? Because he's an enthusiastic fan and admirer. And same can be said if you look up Los Angeles Lakers, you'll see me smiling just like that because I am a huge fan. And we can be fans with just about anything, can't we? We can be fans of musicians or television programs, Bachelor, Bachelorette, if you watch that. Not saying I do, but if you do watch that, maybe you're a fan of that television show. Sports, political figures, authors, actors, and guess what? You can even be a fan of Jesus. But then there's this interesting term that we use for fans that are sometimey fans, right? Fans uh, that are sometimey with their team. If they're winning everything is good, right? All of a sudden, everybody's a Lakers fan, but when they're losing, everybody's a Clippers fan, right? We call those people fair weather fans. Do you know any fair weather fans this morning? Some of you are going, no. Well, maybe you might be. No, I'm just kidding. Fair weather fans. Um, fair weather fans are like my daughter, my daughter Isabella. We love watching basketball together on the big screen. And Izzy will come up, and I'll say, Izzy, who are you cheering for today? Who do you want to win? She says, Dad, whoever's winning at the moment, right? And I'll say, Izzy, that's not how it works. you got to pick a team. Well, I'm picking the team that is winning. And we, you know what? We see fair weather fans of Jesus all the time, don't we? You see, they want to find the biggest and best and greatest and latest church, Church has to be top-notch in every aspect. The children's program has to be this great, right? The worship experience has to be moving and so powerful. The preaching and the the attendance, we have to have at least a thousand people. Things have to be top-notch in order for for people to be be fans sometimes of, of Jesus. But I would venture to say this morning that Jesus doesn't need fans, amen? Jesus needs followers. Let's look at this passage of Scripture, John chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. story of Jesus going around in the Gospels, healing people, spreading the message of hope and spreading the good news. He comes up to this uh, this section here, the, the author of this text, and he says this. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him. Why? because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. So here in this text, we see fans of Jesus. We see large crowds of people following Jesus wherever he went. Why? The scripture is very clear here. Because of the miraculous signs that he was performing. And I wonder if these people who saw Jesus in the distance or heard of this man were saying in their heads subconsciously, I wonder what Jesus can do for me. I'm watching all this healing that is taking place and all these great things that he's doing. I'm wondering what this man, Jesus, can do for me. And I would say that that's not a bad thought at all. If you had leprosy or if you had some kind of physical ailment or issue and you saw this great healer, naturally you would go and follow him thinking, I wonder if he can change the outlook of my life. And I would venture to say that's how many of us come to Christ today. We hear the message of Christ, we hear the message of the cross, and automatically we say, what can Jesus do for me? And I'm not going to knock that because I think that's a great way to come to Christ. I think that's how we all came to Christ, thinking about how Jesus could better our lives. But I will say this, that's a very elementary way of thinking about Christ. You see, when you have new converts and new people that come to Christ and hear the message, that's the way they think. This Jesus character can help my life, can change the outlook on my life. And I think that's a great way to view Jesus initially when you come to Christ. But guess what? As you mature in faith, you're supposed to move from the fan paradigm to the follower paradigm. And that's where it gets a little tricky and a little bit hard. We have to move from fan to follower. And again, what is a fan? A fan is an admirer, a fan is a consumer. But a follower is something something much different. John chapter 6, verses 41 and 42 says this. After at this, the Jews begin to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? And the reason I pull up this text, you may be thinking to yourself, well, how does this fit? Well, we know when Jesus was going around doing his public ministry, some people didn't like what he was doing. He was healing the sick, preaching the good news. In particular, the Jews came up to him and said, this Jesus character is speaking blasphemy. He is not really the son of God. How can he say these things? He is wrong, and because of that, we need to put him to death. Jesus encounters persecution, and the people now that were fans of Jesus realize that following Jesus requires a life of sacrifice. It requires sometimes having to go through hardships and persecutions for the sake of the kingdom. And I want to make this very clear. People who follow Christ have to experience hardship. That's a part of it. It's kind of like this. If you want to get in shape, right, you got to go to the gym, and the gym workouts are kind of hard. So when we say Christianity, it's not a life of comfortability. It's not a life where you can come and just kind of be a consumer, and admirer, but it's a life full of discipline and hardships and persecutions And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize about when it comes to following Christ and being a disciple. It's difficult and hard. It requires self-sacrifice and humility. And in our consumeristic culture today, that's something that's not very popular. We want Christianity to be easy. We just wanna be moved and we wanna go on our way. But Jesus said, that's not what it means to be a follower. Fans like to weigh their options. I'll be a fan of Jesus if you make my life easy. I'll be a fan of you, Jesus, if you provide me with wealth. I'll be a fan of you, Jesus, if you heal my mother or my father of cancer. If you give me my heart's desires, Lord, then I'll be a fan of Jesus. I'll be a follower of Jesus, rather. Fans also, by definition, are church hoppers. You know what a church hopper is, right? They go from one church to the next to the next to the next trying to find the most special and perfect place but you know what my grandpa used to tell me wherever you go there you are so it might not be the church it might be you or me right wherever you go there you are because it's not all about being a consumer of Christ it's about being a follower of Christ and guess what you can follow Christ any and everywhere No matter where you are, you can be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's a message I think the world needs to hear. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Luke 9, 23 and 24 says this. Then he said to them all, listen to this, underline this if you hadn't underlined it in your your Bibles, your Scripture. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. If you haven't underlined that passage of scripture, you need to do so. And now I wanna define to you what a follower of Jesus is. A follower by definition is a person who imitates someone or something. A person who imitates someone or something. Another definition of the word follower is disciple. And a disciple is a person who is an imitator. They are committed and they are connected. And I would venture to say this morning that Jesus doesn't want any more fans. He wants disciples. He wants followers. And Jesus here said to his disciples, if you're gonna follow me, one of the things that you have to do is you have to deny yourself. You have to give your life up for me And you have to imitate what I do. And you've heard it before, imitation is the best form of flattery, isn't it? So if we are going to be followers of Jesus, that means we must imitate his life every single day. And the question I have for you this morning is, are you doing that? Am I doing that? Am I imitating the life of Christ every single day? And I can say, as I examine my own life, there's a lot of ways that I can improve I'm really not that great at imitating his life, but I can talk about his life like the best of them. Jesus was a great character. You should give your life to him. I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. But we've got to be imitators. And that's where it gets a little bit more difficult for us. And that's where we go, I don't know about this Christianity, this Jesus lifestyle. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's for me. But that's what Jesus wants. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 25 says this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. If I had a dollar for every time Mary's told me this verse, amen, I'd be a wealthy man. <laughs> and the rest of you husbands are like, amen, that's right, touche, touche. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. You see, I can tell my spouse I love her 20 times a day, but if I don't show her, it doesn't mean much. And here we see Jesus being so self-sacrificial that he gave his life up for you and I, and he requires us to do the same for our neighbors. What are we doing for our neighbors across the street? How are we serving them? How are we serving each other here in the church? How are we serving our coworkers? How are we serving our family members? That's what it's all about. That's what Christianity is. And I think many of us can say, hey, we've been deficient in that area and there are many ways to improve. He wants his disciples to do what he did, which means we no longer live for ourselves. And there are great ways to show forth your faith, walking in faith, great ways to volunteer. And again, I'm gonna harp on this one more time. Those of you who are volunteering for Vacation Bible School, Thank you so, so much. I think God is pleased and proud of you. For those of you here at this church that spend your time teaching, whether it be in Bible classes or teaching the youth or teaching one-on-one Bible studies, uh, thank you so much for your service. You remind me of Jesus. For those of you that serve here at this church in different capacities, thank you so much. That's what it means to be an imitator of Christ. For those of you that shepherd at this church, thank you so much. That's what it means to be an imitator of Christ. People who are followers of Jesus imitate Jesus. And this morning, church, if you're not plugged in volunteering or serving in some capacity at this church, the question I have for you is why not? Because that's what the Lord wants from you. And guess what? A really easy way to start getting plugged in and serving is helping out with vacation Bible school. It doesn't take much. And I think that's what the Lord wants from us, to be imitators to show forth our faith in action. Last passage of Scripture before I close this morning is found in Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 21. I want to set the context here quickly. We all have read this passage before. It's the passage, the story of the rich young ruler and I preached on it countless times but for me as I read through the pages of scripture this month as I was reviewing the scripture the sermon series this kind of took on a new meaning for me and I saw some things that I didn't see before so scripture says here Jesus answered if you want to be perfect go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven then come follow me when the young man heard this he went away sad because he had great wealth story of the rich young ruler jesus was going around doing his ministry and a young man approached him and you guys remember the story obviously he was a fan of jesus he heard of him before he heard about this guy jesus so he goes up to jesus and says what good thing must i do to inherit eternal life in other words what else do i need to add to my life to show forth that i'm serious about you lord And Jesus said to the rich young ruler, you've got it all confused, you got it all messed up. It's not about what you can add to your life, but it's what you give up in your life that shows your dedication and love for me. And he hit him right between the eyes here because he knew the most important thing to this rich young ruler was his possessions. So Jesus hit him right between the eyes and said, you know what, you give up your possessions, sell them, give them to the poor and then follow me. And I bet you this rich young ruler was like, what? I didn't know you want all that. I thought maybe you wanted me to read some more scripture <laughs> or add something or maybe, or maybe take my, my life a little bit more seriously in some aspects. But Jesus, you're asking me to do something that hits right at the core of the inside of my being and it's give up my possessions. And then the scripture says the young man heard this and he went away sad because he had a lot of possessions listen to this closely if you want to be a true follower rather than a fan if you want to be a true disciple of jesus christ you have to be willing to give up the most important things in your life and take on a life of service but you see fans they're not willing to do that because it requires Too much so they're content with being in the stands and watching the life of Jesus and Jesus doesn't want any more fans Christianity is not about adding but it's about subtracting and giving up Jesus requires us to give of our finances to give of our time to get rid of our selfish ambition or vain conceit to let go of that quest to be popular to give up our ego To subdue knowledge. And some of you are going, how does that work? Scripture says knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So we have to learn to humble ourselves and enter into a life of service, and that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'll end on this note. As I look across the auditorium this morning and I look at at our, our church members here, I know so many of you have been followers of Jesus for so long. You work really hard to live lives that he would be proud of, to be imitators. And for that, I want to say thank you. And I think the Lord is pleased and proud of you so much. Then there are others here this morning as I look across the auditorium, and you know you could be doing more in the area of service. And a great way to get involved in service is to start right here. And I would encourage you to do some self-evaluation and some reflection and ask yourself, am I being an imitator of Jesus Christ? could I be doing more? I ask myself that question all the time, and you know what the answer is every single time? No, I need to be doing more. And if we think in our minds that, you know what, I've been doing enough, I'm good to go, Satan has got you. But there should always be a desire and a quest within you to do more, to do more, because that's what Jesus would do. By way of invitation this morning, we have a song selected. If there is anyone here that can has the courage to say, you know what, I I need to be doing more. I want to be a better imitator of Jesus Christ. This invitation is for you. We'll invite you to come forward. The church will pray with you. We'll pray for you to encourage you to do that. This morning, if you're not a Christian, you're so far away from being an imitator of Christ that you need to give your life to the Lord through repentance and baptism. And that's why we have this baptistry ready. And it looks like it's warm this morning, so you're in good, good standing. So we've got a baptistry ready. If there's anyone ready here this morning, put put the Lord Jesus Christ on in baptism. We'll do that with you and for you today as well.